Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to the Advanced Man Podcast. I am your host, Tyron Mowbray, and I run this platform. The Advanced Man Academy and the Advanced Man Podcast is dedicated to helping men advance in their life. Typically speaking, most men, if they're not growing, advancing, moving forward in some way, they feel stagnant, they feel blocked, they get depressed, they get sad, they feel like they're smashing their head against a brick wall. And this podcast is dedicated to those men who want to keep moving the needle forward, even if it's just one millimeter. So all the guests that I have have mastered at least one area of their life, and that is either health, happiness, relationships, identity, or wealth. If you are a man that wants to advance in any of those areas, you should be listening to this podcast because I, if not me, the guests that I have on will be able to give you some nuggets of wisdom to help you grow, learn, and adapt in your life. So without further ado, we're going to keep jumping into this next conversation. Sorry, the second part of this conversation that I have with Jacob O'Neill, fellow men's coach, who's been through the men's initiation processes. Not the same as me, but definitely his own version of, and we talk all things men, masculinity, and relationships. So tune in, and I'll see you inside. Man, I was like literally just talking about like the difference between the invitation and the obligation that men feel. And yeah, the nice guy has this idea that it, this concept that I am obligated to, even though deep down it's like I'm here to serve, and mm. that's the core of the core of um I believe masculinity is like to serve. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, we all want to, and and this is the you know a lot of my heroes were the ones that died in service to greater the greater good. Mm. That's that that to me is the ultimate. Mm. But for that to happen, there has to be war, and then yeah. it's like then we get into all that other stuff. But in relationship, man, yeah, to be invited into that, like, hey, go do you. Hey, I want you to go and celebrate. I want you to go and do another ultra. Hey, I want like my five year vision, bro. You'll love this. This will be right up your alley. I want to be in a position financially, energetically, emotionally, where I can go and do the del, del Sagrado, this marathon through the Sahara Desert. Yeah. And I want to be able to have my wife Meg and my 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 firstborn there at the start of the race. And I want to be able to put them on a fucking plane or whatever it is, fly them to the other side, which is 250 k's away or in a beautiful car. And they're there six days later in a beautiful villa and they meet me at the finish line. Mm. And I'm like, that to me is like the epitome of me following my, my deepest desire to continually find my edge. Mm. But to have the people that I love, there supporting me and reflecting back that love that mm. I get, have for them. Mm. 100%. Mm. So mm, I'll go back one more question yeah. before I go that way down that one you know we, we you just shared like what the greatest lesson you've learned mm. what, what's been the greatest challenge in relationship like a nine-year monogamous mm. relationship uh is reconciling that there that, that she will always want more than i than i than part of me wants to give mm. that she will always want something just outside of what's comfortable for me mm. and that is her her or john wyland calls it the oracle which is she's always seeing what's possible, mm. whereas I'm focused on what's probable, what's probable, <laughs> or earthing everything. Yeah, because like if I, if we were to do everything that Meg wanted, both her and I would end up with some form of chronic illness. Yeah, because we would do everything. Yeah, all the time. We would spend time with her family, my family, friends. We'd go to every fucking festival. We'd go to every fucking country in in the world. And for me, this is my practice. Is I'm here to ground the relationship. Mm. Part of that is, and this was my biggest challenge, was saying fucking no. Oh. One time, I'd say this, this is the time where I started, this is the first time I ever experienced polarity or I got to understand polarity. We're in bed and Meg asked me something and I just energetically, I was gone and I just said what she wanted to hear and she goes, can you actually fucking tell me what you really think? <laughs> 
I want to feel you. Yeah. Like I, I, what you just said, you, you, do you just say what you think I want to hear? And up until then, that had worked pretty well for us. <laughs> she was, she was, you know, she didn't wash, cook, or clean, or do anything for the first pretty much three years of our relationship. Man, I was like a devoted motherfucker, working full time, cooking every time I got home. I'd do the, I was doing everything because she was passionate about building her business. Right. I was like, what, what a, what noble gest, what more noble gesture than to make money, channel it into our lifestyle, so she feels safe enough to go for what she wants. Mm, yep. And that was extremely healing for both her and I because she was super decisive. I'd had a, you know, witness my mum and dad not have that kind of relationship. And I was like doing all the things that my dad didn't do. Yeah. Up until the point where I realized that Meg's not my fucking mum. I'm not my fucking dad. This is a whole new fucking yep. experience. And in that moment, she said, I want to feel you, right? In bed. This is fucking four, four, year, four or five years into our relationship. And I was like, I think you're full of fucking shit. <laughs> and I was like, I think you need to fucking slow the fuck down. I think there's so much fucking beauty in this moment. I don't think we fucking need all of this fucking shit. And she's like, oh, oh I like that. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to fuck you. Now, and then we fucked like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Instead of having this like boring fucking oh. like lazy doggy at yeah. 9 p.m. Yeah. where we both come, but we both feel depleted. We don't yeah. want to. So it was like, oh, this is polarity. Yeah. Polarity is like standing in your truth and, and, and feeling that tension between two poles. Yeah. And we could call it masculine, feminine, light, dark, whatever the fuck we want to go. But like realistically, it's just the tension between two poles and being able to earth that yep. for me. And that was the first time I was like, oh, saying no works. Mm. when or, or, or speaking your truth works. Mm. And that's where Meg and I really like, we just come back to the truth will always liberate. And what do we both want? We both want to feel freedom. And when we feel freedom, we feel the ability to connect at the depth that we want. Mm. And man, that's been the most challenging thing because she always wants more and I always want less. Mm. I want to go and sit beneath a tree for three days yeah. and she wants to dance on the fucking moon. <laughs> and that's what makes a relationship fucking awesome because they show you what's possible yeah. from a perspective that you'll never fucking, you, you, you probably would never have. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's been the ongoing challenge. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Mm. Uh, what I'm hearing in that is basically, well, I have, I have this, this rule that obviously it's not set in stone, you know, but it's this concept yeah. that um, you should only ever give a woman 80% of what she wants. Yep. Right. And, you know. Because the other 20 is fucking that <laughs> shit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, the amount of times I've seen in relationships a man that gives a woman everything she wants. Yeah. Like, she will never be satisfied. And what happens Correct. is she actually stops to trust you. Yeah, because you're fucking, you've, you only really have yes, one. Man. Yeah, because you're, you're absolute. You've only got one answer. Yeah. And so she, how does she trust you? Yes. And if you say yes to everything, mm. do you love me? Yes. Well, how do I know? Well, because I give you all this shit. It's like, yeah, but I don't have to work for it. Like she doesn't mm. have to work for your love anymore. And this is all, a lot of it's subconscious animalistic programming, right? Mm. Not trying to say that all women are crazy or bitches or anything like that. But it's like the, the, what you just said, like she's the oracle, right? Like mm. she will always desire more. She will always desire you know, she will always see what's possible. And I think that's why a lot of women fall in love with men because they see the potential and they fall in love with the potential. Yes. And a lot of women stay around longer than they probably should because of the potential. And yes. you know, the, the shadow side of, of both aspects is like, you know, she stays around too long because she can see the man that he can become and what mm -hmm. he can achieve. And he stays around like too long or he's in, you know, he stays around too long because, well, I don't know if he stays around too long. What he does is like he gets caught in, the fear of the expansion and so mm. he anchors down harder 
So she dreams bigger. So he pulls back harder. You talk about grounding. You know? Yeah. It's like he grounds so much, he's under fucking ground. Yeah. And she dreams so big that she's fucking in the universe. Yeah. And that polarity gets so strong mm. that they then, bang, it blows up. You know, like it, yeah. it can't stay apart anymore. Yeah. And it comes together and it exp- explodes and then the relationship's over. It has to, yeah. It's the only way for it to actually, to move for both of them to move forward is to destroy. Yeah. Because it's so fucking, there's so much tension that if yeah. you were to like, yeah even play like imagine tensioning a guitar string to the point of like it almost snapping exactly and then if you go to play the string it'll snap yeah yeah and this is what happens um and i see this in a lot of dogmatic masculine feminine polarity it's like yeah okay your woman has to stay at home she has to be submissive and you have to go out and be this this and this i'm like we tried that remember before (laughs) the feminine the feminist movement yeah yeah (laughs) and remember what how that worked it didn't yeah and now we've had this feminist um resurgence and we've got all these guys that uh carrying this guilt from past generations that women were suppressed, so we have to overcompensate. Yep. And then we've got this crazy tension that doesn't actually serve us. Yep. Um, yeah, man, that's a, that's a dangerous game to play. Yeah. And yep. like you said, I had a conversation with a guy. He's like, I just don't know why she left. I said, bro, she was, she's been leaving for fucking 12 months. Yeah. So her leaving now is not a, a decision that she made. No. She's been making this decision over 12 months. Yeah. And you feel like all of a sudden that you're alone. She's felt alone for the last twelve months, which is which is why it's stereotyping, but it's very pretty. It's, it's true. It's stereotypically true. <laughs> Women move on from relationships faster than men because usually, usually, mm. stereotypically, mm. generally speaking, lots of generalizations. <laughs> okay, I'm aware there are generalizations. I'll back you, bro. I'll go with the generalizations. Like you say, women have already left the relationship. They've been yep. leaving for a long time. So by the time they leave, like sure, there's still a grieving process. Of course. But they've been grieving for a longer period of time. Whereas the dude, and I was talking about John about to the, about this. It's like, we're stupid sometimes. Fucking we, dumb. We think if we do the same thing on repeat, everything will just work out. It's like, if I just keep doing the same thing, it will fix itself. And like, if you see what we're celebrated for and how we're taught as men... You do the same thing over and over again, you'll get the same result, which means you'll create certainty, mm. which means that you'll create stability. Yeah. Laying bricks or banging in a fucking star picket or, uh, I don't know, any other thing, training to, to do an ultra, going for a run. If you put one foot in front of the other, you'll end up running 100 kilometers. Yeah. So we're taught... Long enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like a lot of what we're taught is like these, this either business or sportsman um, m- model, which then if you bring it into a relationship... Like, <laughs> your relationship isn't a sporting match or it isn't a, a race. It isn't a business. Mm. So to bring those models into a relationship, it doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Eventually, you know, it can work but in the beginning. Sure. But once there's a desire for more depth or more love or for healing to occur, which is what's been my experience, lots of healing in my relationship, mm. that for me has been the, the realisation. Like, yeah. oh, this is, a, this is a space for true transformation. Yeah. And we learn and grow through relationships. Yeah. We learn and grow. It's with the, so therefore, the people the, the the people that fell in love nine years ago for you and Meg, for example, mm. are not the people that are currently in love. No, you both changed. You both evolved. You both grew from the relationship, and so mm. from that, that's the recommitment all the time. Yeah, I fall in love with a different person every fucking day. Every half hour, she's doing something different. Some something's changed. But yeah. you're so right, man. Like mm. that is such a that is so important. I don't think a lot of people realize that mm. that who I am today is ridiculously different to who I was nine years ago Mm. and I've been fortunate enough to have a woman that's been wanting to meet me in the same relationship in a way that's allowed me to she's been very patient let me Mm. put that put it that way she's been very patient but I have also shown up and and taken action Mm. 
a little bit earlier than I than, than like I've I've gotten a, I've caught on a little bit earlier every time. I don't wait until <laughs> shit's going to hit the fan. I've gotten a little. I've like the the feedback loop gets a little bit quicker every every time. Yeah, hundred percent, mm. dude. This time's going really quickly. Yep. Um, I want to I want to jump into uh, the relationship with our fathers. Then definitely. Right? I know it's it's a hard ta- or not tangent. It's a hard pivot, mm. but um, I think that it's really important. I think yeah, this is a. Because we were just talking about learning too. Relationships are a place for learning and growth. Yeah. I think this is a great, great segue, bro. Yeah. And, you know, you, you touched on it. It's like you're not your dad and Meg's not your mum. Mm-hmm. Right. And and when I look at my relationship and like with my parents <clears throat> and the relationship that I want to cultivate, obviously I look at so many things and go, oh, I'm not going to do that. 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 Mm-hmm. Which then means I'm I'm going to do this. 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 And you know, I was, I remember sitting in a Buddhist monastery meditating on how do you raise children not to be as fucked up as I was, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, <laughs> after four days of like not knowing the answer, the epiphany dropped of like, well, you, you've got to be everything that you tell your children to be. Like if you, mm. you can chase your dreams, well, you better fucking chase yours. Oh man. You know, yeah. if, if you, if you like, what about the rules? What about the regulations? Well, Obviously, there are some that you are going to follow and there are some that you're going to break and you need to communicate that with your children. Be like, hey, yeah, I am breaking the rule and this is why I'm breaking it and this is what I believe and you will do, you know, like, and, and you've got to be a fucking human to your parent, to your children. Mm-hmm. And I think the more human you are with your children, the more superhuman you will uh, be seen as. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Rather than be, try to be seen as the hero and get it all right, the more human you are. But obviously, don't be an arsehole and be human. Be human and be honest and communicative and conscious and, you know, all the things that you can do. Mm. And so my, my follow-on from that is, like, how human was your dad? Oh, man, like, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know how, like, when you were talking about that, I'm like, that motherfucker was my hero, mm. unknowingly. Mm. Like, and I, and there's a there's a whole... Bro, yeah, I feel like we probably need to like do a three day debrief before we do podcast next. Like, let's let's talk. Okay, what do we actually want to tell people? But <laughs> my dad was fucking human as fuck, bro. Mm. I don't think he ever. But he was highly emasculated for his humanness. Yeah, okay. And this is the piece that I'm so hell bent on is like, men are fucking human. That does not give you permission to emasculate them. Mm. And that's what I saw. I saw a fucking beaten down, just fucking a, a defeated spirit. Mm but a badass, yeah. like a motherfucker, like hardened, like war horse. Mm. Kind of like, um, like didn't move fast, but he'd take another step, another step. Like he'd wake up every, like the, the next day he'd be awake and he'd get it done. And I, I acknowledged him at my wedding for that. I was like, you know, there's not many people I'd call to get shit done. Mm. But yeah, I'm grateful that I have a father that no matter what, mm. like doesn't matter how heavy the fucking esky is or how fucking you know, flat the tire is or how, you know, he'll, he'll just do it. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know. There was a, there was a reliability to him. He felt like an old Toyota Hilux. Yeah. Like, it's done 800,000. Yeah. Okay. He's going to like, it might take a few fucking turns of the key to get the engine started. But once the engine started, we're going to get to point B. Yeah. And that, um, makes me quite emotional. Cause like, that's the part that I love about myself mm. that I really, that I'm celebrated most for is my staying power. Mm. And I look at my parents' relationship and I'm like, fuck it took every ounce of his being to stay. Mm. Wow. And there's times where he wasn't around for a little bit. I'm like, where the fuck is dad? And I'm sure that he was at work escaping or at the pub escaping, but like it was never an extended period of time. He always fucking came back. Doing what he needed to do to manage. He was probably just taking was- some fucking time. I don't yeah. know if you've ever fucking done this, but for me, bro, like when I'm feeling fucked off, I'll just go and take a shit. 
But I'll go in there and I'll shit and then I'll just sit for an extra to fucking ten minutes. Just I'm like, I just need some fucking time. Mm. And that's when I'm not I don't I'm not aware that I need the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I should have I should be able to ask for this right now, but I'm just like I'm like, fuck, just give me a, a lifeline. I think he was I think yeah, he had some lifelines that he had to fucking like work was one. I'm gonna stay at work an extra hour and just fucking chat to the fucking men here. I'm gonna go to the pub or I'm going to maybe sit in the car for an extra ten minutes before I come inside. Or maybe I'm yeah, maybe I'll, I'll go and do an, another job at a mate's house. I'll go and and like I think my dad was extremely human, but he was also uh, heavily, heavily judged for that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I would like my dad constantly told us how human he was. You know, mm. he's like, oh, "I'm only human." Ah, uh, yeah, oh, I'm only human. You yeah. know, <laughs> and and he used it as a scapegoat. Yeah, understood. As a, as a scapegoat to like not take responsibility for what he did wrong. Mm. Um, and you know, like. And then, you know, he would do something and we would get angry and it'd be like, you know, dad, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, you know, some of the people, some of the time. Um, yeah. And when I first started, I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you can only please some of the people, some of the time. Mm. You can't please everyone all the time. And even though a large majority of all of these lessons were taught through him avoiding self-responsibility, mm. it now, upon growth, learning, education, shadow work, mm. I can see how they all are very real and honest lessons when applied in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like some of the people, some of the time has got me through a lot of conflicting moments in time when people are pissed off with me mm. and I can actually observe it and go, well, I'm one, I'm either in integrity and I've done nothing wrong or two, I have apologized repetitively and there's nothing left I can do. And I've taken responsibility and I've recommitted and it's like, okay, well, some of the people, some of the time, and it is actually something that I can say, to just move on. Like, it, it gives mm. me the power to let go of this other person's need to, for me, like, you know, when they're stuck in the victim loop. Yeah. Um, it feels I, like a piece of piece of the process. Yeah. It, maybe your dad isolated the some of the people some of the time. It feels like you've, in, like, taken it and plugged it into your, I guess, in practice of integrity, your yeah. practice of relating of, like, yeah. I've apologized. I've uh, done what I could to repair. Mm. But... At any point, I try to over overgive here. I'm not. I'm just trying to get their validation. So this person, maybe I'm the bad guy in their story. Okay. Maybe that. Maybe that's who I'm going to be for the rest of their life. But I have some of the people, some of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a it's a beautiful. I love uh, that, bro. Quote. Um. Now, all right. So, okay. Random question. Yeah. Do you feel like a man? I would say in almost every area of my life, yes, except for financially. Right. Mm. Interesting. I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to go into that. Yep. Because uh, one time, two. Yeah. The purpose of the question was to be like, how do, how did, and how does uh, your father's representation of being a man like? How does that impact the feeling that you have currently? Uh, it like I feel like I'm very very similar to him. So therefore, he was the representation of man. So therefore, I feel like I am a man. Mm-hmm. However, the things that he has. L- uh, I'm not going to say, yeah, that he w- wasn't able shortcomings. to. Yeah, his shortcomings or the things that he failed at and didn't have the time, space and energy to allocate or hasn't had the awareness or the support or the healing mm. to see that that's something he needs to work on. Uh, the things that I believe I'm here to to maybe, yeah, let myself let myself have that. Mm. For, for instance, finances, like I believe if I make a lot of money, I'm going to become a bad person mm. or I'm going to become a, I'm not going to become a giving person. Mm. So my dad, he's, commodity the thing that he always had for people was time Time. the thing that i always have for people and i'm always willing to give is time so you know someone needs a place to stay come stay there's food in the fridge 
coffee machines there. What you need to cut? Let me let me drive you. What you need? You need a pair of shoes. Here's a pair of shoes. What what, what do you need? Let me let me be of service to you. It's a beautiful gift. Yeah. But then if I spend all day doing shit for you and I don't fucking work, I've got no fucking money, which means that it puts stress on me. It means I don't have the ability to then pursue what I love yeah. or do the things that I love or to build the 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 kingdom that I'm here to build. Mm. And that's been my dad's shortcoming. Yeah. And that's where I feel in regards to finances and and a financial standard, I would say that I don't feel like a man. Mm. I feel like a fucking two year old. Mm. Yeah. I will um I can I can resonate with that big time. Mm. And I yeah, like I see so many people celebrate my father for his you know, his ability to give. Mm. But the and and I think this just comes back to a self worth thing. I think it comes back to a lack of boundaries. It comes back to an inability to say no because his his identity is fueled by validation, mm-hmm. as is mine. Significance, yep. man. Like I want to feel significant to you. I want you to value me. Mm. And the only way I know that is through time mm. or give, giving, giving part of myself. Yeah. yeah. And um, man, my biggest my biggest challenge as a man is to say no. Yeah. 100%. And it's to Meg, yeah, I've, I, I, I know I'm, I'm always going to give more to her than I give to everyone else. Yeah. Because I'm a monogamous fuck. Yeah. That's who I am. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that I don't want to fuck everything that moves at times. I've got that <laughs> fucking animal in me. But like at the end of the day, bro, if you and Meg are drowning, sorry, bro, you're dead. I'm going to choose <laughs> Meg. <laughs> like that's just, and my dad gave me that. He's like, um, when I was, I was, I had a fucking moment of like, I started crying in front of him. And I'm like, fuck, I don't. I'm just so anxious about like this next stage of my life. I so desperately want to marry Meg and I want this and I want that. And he's, and I was just trying to, I just w- went into chaos mm. and um, he's like, well, I can't make that decision for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it kind of just like sideswiped me. And he said, listen, you've left home. It's time for you to do what you got to do to be happy. Mm. He's like, you may not think that I'm happy. I may not do things that you think uh, what will make you happy, but mate, I'm happy with what I've got. Mm. And now all of you little fuckers are gone. It's me and your mum, mm. and she's she's who I she's who I'm doing things with. She's who I'm looking after now. You're old enough to sort your own shit out. Mm. So if you want to marry Meg, marry her. Mm. I'm not going to fucking stop you. Mm. And I was like, holy fuck! Mm. In that moment, I was like, shit. I get it. I get. I get you. I, I get it. You are. There was almost like a level of he's accepted his his himself. Mm. He surrendered. He'd surrendered to. I'm not fucking perfect. So maybe that was his human moment. Like, yeah, I'm fuck. He didn't say, you know what? I have an awareness that I need to work on my financial health. Or like he didn't have the vocabulary. Sure. But beneath it, he was admitting that, hey, I'm fucking, I'm, I am who I am. I can't be everything to everyone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I choose you, mum. Yeah. You're old. You're a fucking man. And it was almost like now that I, I get, I love, I'm an external processor, bro. Like in that moment, he's almost acknowledging me as my own man. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Never really thought about that. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> but that's also, you know, that's what we crave, right? Oh, so much. Like all like I remember having this epiphany moment and I wrote a post and I cried while I wrote it. All any man ever wants to hear is I'm proud of you. I believe. Way better than I love you. Oh, way better. Way better than I love you. I think um yeah, there's like such a like good 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 job and um like at the core of that like I'm proud of you it feels like it's like I respect you kind of energy. Yeah. Like for me, like, like I look at, you know, like I'm proud of the vision and the, and the devotion that you have to what you're creating with the, um, the advanced man. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I, I can stand here and be like, I respect you. Therefore I'm proud of what you're creating and what you've created. Yeah. And like, 
to get that from your dad yeah. in whatever way, whatever words it comes through. Like for me in that moment, I can now see it's like, I respect you as a man. Go and do, go and, go and, go and do it. Yeah. But it's like, Fuck. it's from the hero, right? <laughs> it's from the hero. Like for the, your peers tell you and yeah. you're like, oh, that feels good. Your mentors tell you and you're like, mm. oh, that's, mm. like, yeah, it carries a bit more weight. And if it comes from your hero, which predominantly is always going to be your dad on some level. Yeah. You know, and it could be your granddad. It could be your uncle. The you know, father like, figure. The, the father figure. Yeah. Right. Uh, God, if you're religious, right? Yeah. Like if you, if, yeah. If those, you, and I mean, God is the biggest daddy of them all, right? Isn't like, he? <laughs> the biggest dom of them <laughs> yeah. all. So. Uh, that's another podcast. Um, dude, we, I can't believe how quick this time's gone. Yeah. Um, couple of questions to finish. Yeah. Finish all podcasts with this because apparently that's what good podcasts do. Yeah, bro. You, gotta, you have everyone <laughs> hanging for these last couple yeah, of questions, bro. Exactly. So, um, how does a man become an advanced man in his relationships? He gets really clear on three things. He gets clear on what he needs to feel free. Mm. So, he gets clear on what he needs. Mm -hmm. He gets clear on what he wants in a relationship, what he needs for intimacy. Mm -hmm. And then he gets clear on what the fuck he's going to leave to, to like, leave as his legacy. Mm. And I and for me, like, those three things have been the, 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 is what kept me fucking grounded in my relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that to be an advanced man, you need to, you need to know who you are because otherwise you're going to lose yourself to your relationship mm. and you won't, you, yeah, you won't be an advanced man. You'll be someone's partner. Mm. Beautiful. And I've been, I've been Meg's partner so fucking Meg for, for, for so many years yeah. doing what she fucking wanted. Yeah. And it, yeah, I became the fucking, um, now, now Meg's the partner of Jacob O'Neill. That's it. No, I, I was, I was the servant to the queen. Mm. I wasn't the the aspiring king. Mm. I don't believe I'm a king by any means just yet. I'm building a fucking kingdom. Yeah, yeah. For my queen, but yeah, I truly believe that I'd be, I'd become a servant. Mm. So yeah, I think that men have to to be an advanced man in your relationship. You need to own your place in the relationship by knowing who the fuck you are. I love that. I love because for me there was two points there. It was like know who you are and also know who you want to be. Fucking a, you know, and that's the that's the and and then that's the, the gap, right? There's the gap. There's always totally. a gap. And um, I said this to Meg just before we came here after we had a fucking fight about you know everything that fucking <laughs> it was all. It was, I'm like, of course I'm coming. Color to talk of to the you. sheets. Yeah, but it was like, I there's always going to be an inner conflict of me wanting to go to war and me wanting to stay in bed and fuck you. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah, man. Like, I want to go and fucking swim to fucking New Zealand. I want to go and climb the tallest mountain. There's going to be a part of me that wants to pursue a greater a greater purpose. Mm. And sit in bed and watch fucking Netflix with you and lick your pussy. Mm. There's going to be this constant thread of like, I want to connect deeply and intimately with you and I want to go out and change the fucking world. Mm. And when you're a man who knows who he is and knows who he's becoming, you can both accept where you're at, see your own potential, but it also makes you like not attach and you don't you don't go into the nice guy you don't become the top the, the, yeah. you know the, the 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 crazy fucking fuck boy you can yeah. you know who you are so you know what value you bring yeah nice man mm. uh two things one let me know when you want to swim to new zealand i'll swim next year yes two um when you are 90 mm. what do you want to look back and be proud of <laughs> i love it when men pause oh there's like the, the vision is is the length of my table mm. yeah it's 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 um yeah I don't know. I just had this vision of this big tree and a, and a table underneath it, and all the people that I love um, having having dinner. I think I think I really love I love family, man. I think that's really it. I think I crave family. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'll look back and I'll be like, "There's people here that love me." Mm. I think when I'm ninety, I, I want people around me that love me. That'll be that will be. Yeah, that'll be it. Yeah. Fuck everything else. You'll be proud knowing that people yeah. love you because they love you for a reason because you've added value to their life. Yeah, man, that I've got yeah, that I've got people that care for me. Um and that I've let 
that if there's people at that table, it means that I've let them in. Yeah. It means that I have, you know, I think right. if I was to try and control everything for the next fucking 40 or 50 years, however long, 60 years, yeah. everyone would get sick of my shit. Yeah. They'd be like, fuck this control freak. But if I've... If I've got you know some great ga- some grandkids and you know ideally Meg there with me, we're going to die in a notebook style where we both die at the same time. Oh, nice! Yeah, we don't. We yeah. might be a little bit codependent, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but man, I, and I, I feel like you you hold a similar value to me. It's like yeah, I want to be able to let people in and share. I want to share this with with people. I really want to share share this this life with with, with those that I love. Hundred mm. percent. Jacob, thank you so much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. I know that we could we could talk for fucking days. Yeah, bro. Um. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? At the Jacob O'Neill. Hit me up on Instagram. Ooh, the Jacob O'Neill. Jacob O'Neill was not, taken. I'm the second. I'm the second <laughs> or third one. Oh, you know, you're the. You're I'm the. The Jacob O'Neill. Owning my authority, bro. Owning my, my guru status. Like I'm taking the pedestal and standing on it. But I'm also knowing that I can hop off it at times as well. 100%, man. Uh, absolute pleasure. So, yeah, guys, if you're listening and you want to advance as a man... Um, Jacob is a phenomenal facilitator, and uh, unfortunately, I've never been to one of his events, but it's coming soon. Uh, every t- we seem to run shit on the same weekend <laughs> since I moved up here. Um, but yeah, go check his stuff out. He runs some epic stuff, and uh, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure. Gentlemen, thank you for listening. Remember, this is the Advanced Man Podcast. We are here to help men advance in their life, whether it's health, happiness, relationships, identity, or wealth. So look... Please, if you like this episode, subscribe, share, tag a mate in it. Ladies, if you're listening, please, you know, subtly drop the hint. Um, you know, hey, I listened to this new podcast. You should check it out. It's pretty interesting. I'd love to get your feedback on it. Don't just say, you need to listen to this. Um, men don't really respond very well like that. Um, but yeah, please press the follow button, press the subscribe button, and um, I'll have all of Jacob's details in the comments section. It's been an absolute honor sharing this time with you, Jacob, and with you, the listeners. Thank you very much. I will see you on the next one.